New Testament reading comes from the book of Acts, beginning in the second chapter at the first verse. Luke wrote these things. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. And when they heard the sound, they came on the run. And then when they heard, one after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't, for the life of them, figure out what was going on and kept saying, Aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking our languages, describing God's mighty works. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. And they talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? And others joked, they're drunk on cheap wine. But that's when Peter stood up and backed by the other eleven, spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced and would happen. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions, and your old men dream dreams. And when the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billowing smoke, the sun turning black and the moon blood red before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous. And whoever calls out for help to me, God, will be saved. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Pray with me, please. Oh God, come and help us listen to the story of your love and grace. Come and help us to tell the story of Jesus' life and saving work. Come and help us to experience the story of the Spirit's renewing power. Come and let us listen, tell, and experience the good news together. Amen. Kind Potok writes, and I quote, in the schools that served me as daytime homes, during the early decades of my life, I was taught my father's Judaism and Jewish history, the taken-for-granted obligation to observe the commandments of God, the story of creation and the eating of the apple, and the first murder and the flood. I learned of Abraham and the 
covenant with God. A son was nearly sacrificed by a father in a gesture of ultimate faith. I remember how I trembled the first time I read that chilling story. Patriarchs roamed a promised land. Strong women loved, quarreled, and connived. Brothers fought, and one was sold into slavery and became second in command to the great pharaoh of Egypt, and then the long enslavement and the coming of Moses. Plagues, freedom, and the crossing of the miraculously parted sea, and the revelation on a desolate mountaintop, and wandering in the wilderness, and the death of Aaron and Moses, the conquest of Canaan by Joshua, tribal military chieftains labeled judges, aged Samuel, tragic Saul. Heroic David conquering Jerusalem, wise Solomon building the first temple, evil Israelite kings, and fearless spokespersons for God called prophets. The destruction because of our own sins. Exile to Babylon, return, Ezra and the new covenant with God, Nehemiah and the new Jerusalem, the age of Alexander and the Hellenizing Syrians, the brave Maccabees, then Rome and the rabbis and blood and death and the long exile in which my father and mother and sisters and brothers and I were now a link in the chain of generations leading to the Messiah. You know, folks, good storytelling is still a vital part of our shared human experience. It can still capture the imagination of a people, be it through movies, books, music, television, cyberspace, or technologies yet undiscovered, we still love to be connected to stories. We are also a people who love promises. We listen for them, we seek them out, we save them up, but we don't really trust them. We buy appliances with guarantees, yet more often than not, we discard the guarantee with the box. Because we know that the appliance will not be permanent, and that there will probably be a loophole in the guarantee. Our lives are filled with implicit promises, things like, if you work hard enough, you will be a success. Yet many who work hard stand in food lines. If you eat correctly and exercise, you will be healthy, yet many who seek health are imprisoned in wheelchairs or hospital beds. If you love, you will be loved, yet many who love are abused, divorced, or rejected. We love promises, but we don't really believe them. Even the smallest of children doubt the simplest promise when they reply, cross your heart and hope to die, poke a needle in your eye. We don't trust promises because we do not believe in permanency. The grass withers and the flowers fade, the world changes, and promises are not forever. Well, Jesus told the disciples to return to Jerusalem and to wait. He told them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of God, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but before many days you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And then we heard the story of what happens next. And in the process of the creation of the church, the story of Babel was unknown. The gift of different languages drove people apart. Now a new creation of language brings all people together. These words we speak, the stories that we tell, the truth that is conveyed in them are not mere words. Through this gift of the Spirit, it appeared to the disciples that God intended to be active among them in new ways, both in their lives and in the world that they daily encountered. They received a new commission and the gifts to do it. They were now equipped to take the message of God, the message of peace and love and grace, the message of Jesus Christ, even to the ends of the known world. So I guess as we meet together on this Pentecost Sunday, on this Confirmation Sunday, we might well ask ourselves if we really believe in the promise of the Spirit in our own lives, or do we simply regard it as another useless warranty with loopholes. For folks in spite of us, often rather than through us or on account of us, the Spirit still works in this world of ours, just as it did all those years ago. And each of us still can, with the gift of the Spirit's fire, offer a fresh breath of love to persons in need, both near and far. We can offer sight food, shelter, education, health, promise of life, good work, friendship, forgiveness, companionship, acceptance, caring, and reconciliation. This gift of the Spirit challenges us to ask, how are we doing? How are we connected? How is our life changing together? How is the face of Jesus reflected in all of this. How about them Mesopotamians and Cappadocians and Phrygians? Have you ever seen anything like it? For you see, the Spirit's gifts are not just an infusion of personal warmth to get us through the night. They're gifts for the building up of community, for the overcoming of isolation and fear, for making our life in the church the kind of experience for others much like what the disciples had experienced for themselves. We, the church, are the stories of faith as they live and breathe in this world of ours today. May we live them out with purpose and affection. And may we always find a way to welcome everyone more and enrich and expand our stories that more of the kingdom would be found on the earth in our own lifetime.